Hello, it's Friday the 24th of November. I'm Rob Hutton, Miranda's away, and I've sneaked into the studio on a tourist visa. Welcome back to Papercuts, the modern newspaper review. Every weekday, we forage through the orchard of the press to find their treasured fruits. We're impressed by the size of the Guardian's marrow, gawk at the bendiness of the star's banana, and question how woke the male's blueberries really are. We're out five days a week for your listening joy. And if you'd like to help keep us going, then why not join the Papercut Supporters Club? Just visit back.papercutshow.com, that's B-A-C-K dot papercutshow, two S's there, dot com, to find out how. There's a link in the show notes. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Burke and Air, King secretly profits from the dead. Immigration Nation, papers in a tiz as migrant numbers surge. And Apocalypse Sooner Than You Think. Are boffins about to finally finish us off? Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts. I'm Rob Hutton, and joining me on the show today is writer of columns for CNN and digital native Holly Thomas. Hello, Holly. Hi. And also with us is comedian and a star of Finn versus the Internet, digital illegal alien, Finn Taylor. Hi. When you said bo- boffins finish us off, Yes. What sense? <laughs> <laughs> Can we just try and keep the tone? They've been, they've been blue balling us these boxes. At least through the long. intro. At least through the intro. I've been up since four, so this <laughs> this is past watershed for me. <laughs> so what? So what's on the front pages today? Holly, what have you got for us? So the I is leading with cabinet battle on UK's migrant care workers. And that's talking about the clash between the Department of Health and the Home Office, with uh, the Home Office wanting a, to crack down on visas for care workers. The Department of Health saying, well, who's going to run who's the Who's going to wipe those bottoms? <laughs> yeah, who's, <laughs> who's going to run the NHS then? Yeah. Um, on The Guardian, we have revealed how the king secretly profits from dead citizens' assets. That's an amazing story, and we're coming back to it. Yep, TB, TBC. And then also a very villainous photo of uh, Gert Wilders. He does father. photograph extremely villainously, doesn't he? He does. He has incredible blonde hair, which I'm sure is entirely natural. And he's sipping a very tiny looking glass of champagne. So, you know, not, not blowing. Great stuff. <laughs> not going too wild. Um, then on the Times, we have migration figures pile pressure on PM to act. And then next to that, we have a photo of David Cameron in Israel um, looking incredibly put together um, in a very, very sort of dire-looking situation. also photographs incredibly well. The amount of effort that goes into making David Cameron just look great at all times is a thing to behold. He just looks suspiciously healthy. I can't think of a single other person in Britain at the moment who looks as robust as David Cameron. Um, So good for him. Uh, And then on the cover of The Telegraph, we have uh, cabinet pressure on Sunak to slash migration and a sultry photo of uh, Gert Wilders sucking his finger. Mm. Um, perhaps champagne <laughs> found its way out of the glass. Waiting for the boffins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Rob. I'm fine, fine, keep going, keep going. That's, uh, that's it, right? Yeah. Finn, uh, Finn what have I've you got, got for the, us? The male Suella leads Tory revolt on migration, and then it's got a photo of um, this blaze in uh, Reading that was uh, fine. Was it fine? It was a nice good. Could, could have been bad. Wasn't the mirror very striking? Front page. Make it stop is the headline with lots of statistics about uh, bills going up and uh, the COVID inquiry ongoing. Um, the uh, the Sun. Um, quick step, Danny. This is about Danny Cipriani, who's um, on Strictly. Nine days after his marriage broke down. 
I don't know why that's relevant. But um, then we come to the star. Um, God bless the star. Whoops-a-daisy. And this is uh, the story that daft boffins fear they might have accidentally created killer Terminator robots. And this is their take on the... Um, we are also coming the, back to the that. at the top of OpenAI. Marvellous stuff. So The Guardian has a proper marmalade dropper of a story this morning about top British king Charles III. Holly, tell us more. Right. So the king... Uh, who can... Familiar with his work? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, you, you, we know the one. He uh, owns the, the Duchy of Lancaster, mm -hmm. which uh, generates enormous profits for him. And apparently in the last 10 years have collected some £61 million um, from, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Bona Vacantia uh, Financial Assets. Is that one of the boffins? <laughs> <laughs> So basically, um, these are things that belong to people who died without a will yeah. and or an next of kin, and they are collected by the duchy. But only if only if they live in ancient Lancaster, is that exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. which um, now encompasses Lancashire and parts of Merseyside, Greater Manchester, Cheshire, and Cumbria. So a, a large a large area, it's fair to say. And um, essentially, the duchy had claimed that these profits were going to charity, but it turns out that only about fifteen percent of like the Captain Tom charity, isn't it? It's almost exactly identical to that. Yeah. Um, yeah so internal Duchy documents seen by the Guardian uh, show that these assets are being used to finance the renovation of properties that are owned by the king, which are then rented out, making him even even richer. Um, but yeah, no, apparently the, the Guardian makes uh, the point that the uh, people who've died leaving these assets to the crown are often living in circumstances. Uh, let's say, like, not, far, not far kingy yeah, circumstances. Not as plush as, yeah, the lovely properties that it's are. It's a good thing that it's probably the most pro monarchy area in the country, though, yes. in the Northwest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I oh, can't yeah. say this going any further, to be honest. It's a dead end of a uh, story. Finn, do you live in Lancashire County Palatine and have you made a will? Uh, I have made a will. I, do, I don't really, like, the king can't spend money, can he? He doesn't carry money or well, something. But, but, yeah. but like, what what does he... He can't... His day is so micromanaged, you imagine. That what, what is he spending this money on? Didn't he pay for Harry and Meghan's wedding? Yeah, I, it seems... But also, it's weird that he's basically a property tycoon, but none of the letting companies will have that on them, right? Yeah. All, all, the, all these, this, these companies won't say, oh, this is a royal-owned letting company. Well, they? so it, it just seems... So basically, his duchy is run in a very specific way. So they don't pay capital gains tax um, or corporation tax. And apparently, duchy insiders, according to Guardian sources, said that they basically regard these assets as akin to free money and a quote-unquote slush fund. Wow. Um, so that sounds good. <laughs> I, I mean, does the Guardian just hate the king? No, this is a <laughs> this is a completely objective <laughs> view. Um, but yeah, no, um, a good look also in a cost of living crisis. I think we can all empathize. Just start. Just get. He's just, just doing what he can. Just start, get Buckingham Palace on Airbnb and just go all out. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Just cut out the middleman. That's, I just like the idea that you can phone the king up and say my boiler's not working, and yeah. uh, he, you know, he can say, yeah. well, it was working. Yeah. And uh, maybe I can send someone round in a fortnight or something. You he, know, just, it, it, he just looks behind the sofa of his millions and millions of properties yeah. and uh, sees what he can <laughs> rustle up. Let's turn to the Home Office, where every day is a fresh triumph. Did you think the departure of Suella Braverman meant that things were going to move back to an even keel? Think again. 
Holly, number us up. Oh, there are so many numbers. How long have you got? So This is immigration. Yes, indeed. So net migration increased the UK population by 1.3 million in the last two years. Um, so a record uh, 745,000 uh, people in the year to December 2022. Um, and that's been fueled largely by a surge in professionals coming over on work visas. Mm. Um, Suella Braverman has called the figures a slap in the face to the British public. And like, if, if only. Who, who remind me what Suella Braverman was doing two weeks ago? Oh, well, that's a very, very good question. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so, what was Suella Braverman supposed to be doing two weeks ago? So, yeah, no, indeed. So she was running the Home Office, and I believe her argument is like, if, if you know, this pesky government had just done what I told them when I was in charge of this, um, everything would be absolutely fine. Um, so, yeah, obviously, very uncomfortable for the Tories, whose massive selling point the last time they were elected was controlling migration. I mean, I was genuinely baffled by this because I feel like I've spent 20 years writing about Tories talking about getting immigration below 100,000. And then you look at this and you, you've, you've, your excuse was always, look, we can't control it because of the EU. And now we're out of the EU and we can control it. And you set up the system yeah. and it's just gone through. What literally... What did you think you were doing? What's happened? You know, according to The Guardian, uh, migration levels are three times higher than they were before Brexit. Wow. So if anything, um, yeah, the correlation is going exactly the opposite direction. Um, there's also been this kind of some weird semantic argument where some Tories are sort of saying, oh, no, we just said can we control migration. That doesn't necessarily mean reduce. Yeah. Obviously, voters like, come on, guys. This is, yeah, this try is and, very try much... Try and sell that in the red wall, And lads. then there's this weird coincidence that the economy's been somehow more resilient than it was expected. Yes, <laughs> So this is actually the row, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the Treasury, who are very focused on one thing, which is make that number go up, look look for ways to juice the stats. And one of the ways you can juice the stats is to bring working age adults in mm. uh, because they will, you know, they'll do jobs and things. And this is a big row within the Tory party who say we should pay care workers more money and we should have less immigrants, but also we should have less taxes mm. to fund the care workers. They sort of have to pick a side. Yeah. And yeah. they're sort of not picking a side. Yeah, exactly. And you've got this situation as well where skilled workers from abroad can be paid less. So between 70 and 90 percent of the usual going rate, which is an enormous incentive uh, for organisations to hire those workers as opposed to native workers. And there's also this is sort of goes to the housing theory of everything, which is that one of the reasons why, in fact, weirdly, very high house prices encouraged sort of immigration to these places because the people who will live sort of two or three to a room while doing crappy jobs are immigrants. Mm. Um, people who live currently in other bits of the UK in nice big houses don't want to move to mm. um, uh, down at heel bits of London and uh, crowd into small places to do to do unpleasant work. Yeah, exactly. And the immigration minister, uh, Robert Jenrick, is um, basically trying to push for lots of measures that apparently he and uh, Braverman had kind of drawn up uh, before. So one of those being including doubling the minimum salary needed to gain a work visa. The current minimum salary is 26 grand. So we're looking at 52 grand to gain a work visa, which would basically eliminate anyone going into the Care yeah, and it, it's and so, but the Treasury is pushing against this. Remind me, can anyone remember who was running the Treasury for the last couple of years? <laughs> I, anyone, anyone? Uh, no, little, it's gone. Part, no, it's gone. It's gone. Still, Finn. At least new Home Secretary James Cleverly hasn't accidentally created any fresh problems for himself, has he? Well, he was in. Uh, was it PMQs this week? Was it, was was it in PMQs? PMQs yeah. and um, uh, the Labour MP for uh, Stockton. 
Miss Doctor North, uh, was asking why child poverty was remained at sort of thirty percent in, in his constituency, and James cleverly just snapped back because your constituency is a shithole. Um, which, t- I, to be fair, I have some respect for that level of plain speaking. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> but uh, what? Firstly, they denied that he said this. Uh, and then their position has moved overnight to, well, no, what I said was I said because your MP is shit. <clears throat> yeah, I, that doesn't even rhyme. <laughs> Which doesn't really work. No. Um, so we're probably, we're, he's probably just giving himself a ladder to climb down to get to the position that, yeah, sorry, I said that a few days after the story's broken when everyone's forgotten about it. But I mean, look, listen, just it's just another, the Home Office, I can't remember the last time we had a Home Secretary that was vaguely uncontroversial. As our man with no filter on the internet yeah, correspondent, yeah. what what is the best way for him to handle this? Should he just just brazen it out? I, Apology I, to her. I just think never apologise, never surrender. That's my motto. Just go out and say Stockton. Go, go, Stockton go, North is a shit. Go to Have you been there? Yeah. Get a photo up. Put a hard hat on and walk around Stockton, going, "Am I wrong?" <laughs> <laughs> and people will appreciate you doubling down. Lean in. Lean in. Lean in, James. <laughs> I should also just say for the record that my tour show is in Stockton on the uh, <laughs> 9th of May, I think. I'd be lovely to see people there. Looking forward to it. Across the top of today's Telegraph, we're told about the 10 breeds of dogs that are facing extinction. But what if it's not just pooches that are on the way out? The star splashes on news that daft boffins fear they might have accidentally created killer Terminator robots. This is somehow, amazingly, Finn, a real story, isn't it? This is about the um, our future overlords, OpenAI, head of the company that makes chat, GBT and all that. And um, the, one of the, I don't know, one of the chief people at the top um, was working on this project that some believe could boost the firm's uh, search for super intelligence, i.e. AI. That's a big old... I-E-A-I that could be more intelligent than humans rather than as intelligent. Um, although you never it never tells you which human the AI yeah. is as intelligent as. I mean, you Suella Braverman? Yeah. <laughs> James Cleverly? Yeah. <laughs> Dangerous so, to get more intelligent than that. Yes. <laughs> Turns out apocalyptic. That's, that, that's the singularity moment, isn't yeah. it? That, <laughs> the star reports this story in quite a funny way, and obviously they've just used the word boffins about seven times as they do in every uh, edition. But their leader, they basically just says um, uh, they've accidentally, they've accidentally nearly, you know, worked out how to kill humanity. And we don't understand the details, but um, that's the end of the story. So, so, you, so the story's not been fleshed out at all. Well, what the thing I think that's interesting about the story is that this is basically a story in corporate world. This has been on the front page of the FT. People who write about this stuff are very excited by it. And the mainstream press have not really quite known what to do with it because it's basically about some very Tech. boring people, isn't it? Are yeah, and, and and also like the framework within which AI exists still hasn't properly been mapped out. Like we don't have the the all, all the legality of it hasn't been like organised properly yet. And in Silicon Valley. You know, it, it's so sort of extremely capitalist. The incentive is just to be the first one. Like the arms race is just like as fast as possible, work it out. Um, and, you know, there's but there's obviously pullback from some people who are like, but that could be potentially very, very yeah. dangerous. Um, but there aren't really very many incentives besides like people's sort of personal principles um, acting uh, as, a, as a break on this just like catapulting process. Do 
I, but the star, the star has found a way to put this story on its front page. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually, made it the, Boffin's finishing us all off. Boffin's finishing. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. And and if you read if you read the story after the first after the intro, it's basically fairly a, a sort of fairly straight summary of of what's been going on in this company. Tell us about the split on the OpenAI board, Holly. Um, so basically, the the board which was responsible for firing Sam Altman, who was the CEO of OpenAI, boring boffin, bo- the boring, well, boffins, exciting boffin, but yeah. um, so they, um, I think they're called effective altruists. They basically they've got an equation, of course, boffins, um, that maximum human happiness is something that you can kind of calculate um, with money and tech and innovation. I haven't seen what the actual formula is. They're, apparently, yeah. they're not sharing that. Um, but basically, they they were kind of like you know what's at Altman's, he's a loose cannon. You can just see this being like, I feel like in about five or 10 years time, Matt Damon mm. and Ben Affleck are going to like try and put their heads together and make this into an interesting film. And at that point, we'll all understand. Yeah. Um, I mean, if there is a 10 years time. Yeah. To be clear. No, exactly. No, if, if the Bovins have their way, maybe not. But um, this board were effective altruists. They're like, be careful. This guy's a loose cannon. He's going too quickly. Off he goes. So they fire Sam Altman. Microsoft say, we'll have him. And then all basically all of the company's employees were like, uh, we're going to defend No, no, we yeah. want to end the world. <laughs> yes. We want to end the world and we're going to quit unless you let us end the world, they it, said. Exactly. And like those, those words. Uh, it turns out very persuasive. So now OpenAI has an entirely new board uh, comprised of people who are effective accelerationists who are just like, as fast as possible, We'll work it out later. Just develop the things and we'll see what they do. They're they're the build the damn bomb yeah. people, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's great. For Sam Altman, yes. Yes. <laughs> is, is it great for the rest of us? Uh, too soon to say. I mean, this is the issue, right? Because also apparently part of the thing was that um, Sam wasn't uh, being communicative with the board. So secret cabals in Silicon Valley uh, are going to destroy us all. Maybe. Who can say? Right. Well, I mean, this is, this is terrific. Are you reassured, Finn? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, I'm Ros Taylor with news of Oh God, What Now? The politics podcast that's never going to leave its voter ID at home. On Friday's show, it's six months until the US election and Donald Trump is stuck sitting on trial in a New York courthouse. Is he bulletproof or can Joe Biden turn around the polls? In the second half, it's local elections week, but we've steadily taken power away from local authorities. What if we gave it back? And in the extra bit for supporters, is there a right level of ruthlessness in politics? That's Oh God, What Now? With me, Ros Taylor, Raphael Baer, Hannah Fern, guest Nikki McCann-Ramirez. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. At Papercuts, we appreciate and encourage the art of the headline. And it's Friday, which means fix the headline day. Now, no one's on their top game every day, and sometimes the sub-editors just let something get past them. They see a great story, but write a so-so headline. On days like these, we ask you, the listeners to Papercuts, to dive in and fix the headline. Send us a better headline on threads or Twitter, and the person who writes the best will receive a coveted Paper Cuts t-shirt. Holly got her Paper Cuts t-shirt last week. How do you like it, Holly? I love it. It's very, very comfortable. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we have a story from The Guardian, which is a complete waste of an opportunity. It's the tale of Kanye Tay's three-year-old son who lost his beloved monkey while changing trains on their way to Bristol. Cuddly toy. Cuddly toy? Yeah. 
Just checking. Yeah, no, it was a cuddly dog. Yeah, plus not an actual, not no actual monkeys are right, harmed right, in okay. the making of this Fixer headline. But brilliant train staff found him in Edinburgh and sent him home after a 600-mile round trip, complete with a new knitted jumper. Ah. But the headline is Track and Trace. Come on, Paper Cuts listeners, you can beat that. Send us your best work with the hashtag FixTheHeadline for your chance to win. Now, are there any masterpieces in the papers today? Holly, what have you got for us? Um, so in The Sun, um, we have an adorable story, and, and I cannot believe it's not the front page of The Star, honestly. So um, a hero uh, fire investigation dog has been awarded a top animal medal. Um, so Black Labrador Rex is the longest serving fire dog in the UK. Um, he retired earlier this year after 11 years of service. The headline is Sue Poor Hero. Aww. And there's a very um, sort of regal photo of Rex um, wearing a medal and trainers, maybe. I, oh, I see. Little leather, Oz, Oz because little leather boots. For leather the boots to keep his little paws. Oh, oh, oh. He, in the it. mirror, he's called a hot dog hero. Yeah, amazing. <sighs> 10 out of 10. Just right. Marvellous. Finn, what have you got? <laughs> this is a story about the cheapest fish and chips in the UK. One ninety nine. Mm. That is cheap. Was um, that in Stockton? Uh, it was not in Stockton. <laughs> May the 9th, I'm there. Is that the right day? I should just double check that. Uh, the, the headline uh, is the cheapest fish and chips in the UK. Hull of a deal. Excellent. Obviously it's in Hull. Yeah. And um, it is May the 9th. And then the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's a good news story, but it's framed as if it's bad. Um, uh, well, do you know what? I'm going to read the headline first because I think the byline is funnier. The headline is The Soft Pranos and the byline is Top Judge says Mafia are not murdering people these days. <laughs> The um, woke pranos. I know. They're literally the woke mob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now on Paper Cuts, we turn to the features section. The gushing spring of an oasis in the often bleak desert of news. The Daily Mail brings us a particular moment of delight. We've all been in boring meetings. And these days, we've all been in boring meetings on Zoom. But Finn... Can you tell us about Glynis Campbell Sinclair, the provost of Inverness Council? Yes, it's, she sounds a bit like a murder mystery character. But um, <laughs> she was on a Zoom meeting discussing highly sensitive and important council work. Uh, and then um, about two and a half hours into the discussion, <laughs> just sort of wanders off. That's an important detail. Wanders off and um, can be seen um, just cleaning her windows. Uh, and then she got a frantic um, phone call from someone saying, you've left your uh, left your camera on. And uh, she comes back and turns it off. And she's... She's, she's, she's got an excuse, to be fair, She does she? have several excuses. Um, she says that she judges her roles at Highland Council with a busy family life, adding, I have 12 horses to look after. Four of them are elderly and require stabling most nights. So if she doesn't clean her windows, <laughs> those, those, those horses will just yeah, be left they, outside. I don't know what I don't night. know what the link between the horses. <laughs> horses the famously throw their own shit at windows, don't they? That's what horses <laughs> do. Right, that's it. I, I don't. I mean, I'd say that cleaning windows is quite a. I'd say that's at best a quarterly job. <laughs> and then, and then that's 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 somebody who has clean windows, in my opinion. Yeah. That's not something I'd I'd do during a Zoom. 
Well, yeah, but I also, I can't really see the issue. Like, I can't see how this is, like, it's not like, you know, she's opening the windows and all of the secrets of Inverness Council, wherever it is, are just, like, leaking outside. I think the idea is supposed result. to be that she's supposed to be provosting. She's supposed to be chairing the, the, the meeting. Talking about the maybe budget for schools. Maybe she's mm. just really good at her job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you ever done anything difficult? And uh, Well, I did, I did stand-up gigs on Zoom during the pandemic, and pe- people are just, in their own homes, they're just animals. And so I could see, you know, you see people just did like, you see people's legs, bare legs, you know. <laughs> and also you had no authority as a comic because people could, you know, you're in a bedroom, you could see where you slept. I mean, it's yeah. just kind of so naked and vulnerable. We, we, we had the, a long point during the pandemic, the um, uh, daily lobby briefings were all done on a conference call. Mm. And at a, on a regular basis, someone would A, leave themselves unmuted. And then B, go to the toilet. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so stressful. <laughs> but actually, my favourite is a friend of mine uh, who was working for a company where they had a lot of these long, tedious meetings, and he's quite technical. He filmed himself sitting, staring intently at um, at his computer and then worked out how to substitute oh, wow. that for yeah. His actual oh self God. reading yeah. a book and doing useful things, just playing on a little loop. Top tip there. I mean, did you have you achieved anything on on Zoom in the last three years? Uh, um, I, I yeah, I did a graduate diploma in law uh, <laughs> on in the pandemic. What were um, you supposed to be doing while you were doing that? Uh, working. <laughs> I should really really shouldn't say this one. <laughs> right, okay, fine. <laughs> um, I um, yeah no, I fulfilled all of my obligations um, and I did did some tutorials. Honestly, people say that productivity went down during the pandemic, but lots of people were both cleaning their windows mm. and attending the same tedious meetings and getting law degrees. Yeah, yeah, apparently so. I mean, it filled the time. I was, I was very depressed. You know? <laughs> Whatever it takes, right? And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Holly Thomas. Thank you. And thanks, well, sort of thanks, to Finn hey, Taylor. Hey, I've enjoyed this. <laughs> when are we going to go finish each other off? <laughs> Remember Sign when up the- to our OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, we're now out five days a week, and we would be so thrilled if you could support us so that we can keep bringing you all the news and views every weekday. We are a 100% independent outfit. No big media syndicate bailing us out. We spend £600 a month on papers alone. So if you could chip in a little to keep paper cuts afloat, we'd be over the moon. For as little as £3 a month, you can get every episode without adverts and pay to feed Finn's dog. (laughs) Support us with a little more and you can get extended episodes with extra material, plus paper cuts mugs and cutting edge fashion t-shirts. Follow the show notes to back.papercutsshow.com. That's B-A-C-K dot papercutsshow, two S's dot com, to find out more. Our beloved supporters get a shout out on the show. And here are three now. We'll read out one each. Uh, big thanks to Elizabeth Thornhill. We appreciate everything you've done for us, Mr. Ward. Doctor Who, it's Dr. Flip J. Mills. I've been Rob Hutton. And you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when the mail has revealed that the moon may soon have a better phone signal than some parts of the UK. Stockton. <laughs> I'm going to be in Stockton on May the 9th. My tour's on sale now. Look forward to seeing you shithole dwellers there. <laughs> <laughs> Who could resist? See you next week. Paper Cuts was written and presented by Rob Hutton with Holly Thomas and Finn Taylor. 
producer is Liam Tate and audio production from me, Robin Lieber. Assistant producer is Adam Wright. Our music's by Simon Williams, socials by Jess Harpin, designed by Jim Parrott and original art by Modern Toss. The managing editor is Jacob Jarvis, group editor Andrew Harrison and executive producer Martin Boytosh. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production.